Hi, my name is David Siegler and welcome to my podcast. Hi, property sourcing profiteers, everybody out there in property sourcing land. Wherever you are sourcing property for profit, this is the podcast for you. And I've got a bit of a technical episode for you today. That's where uh, I'm heading with this because I've had so many friends out there in the property world come to me and say, David, you are sourcing projects for investors and what you're doing is turning a single let family home into an HMO, house of multiple occupancy, a house where the rooms are um, occupied by individuals and they might share some communal areas like a kitchen, that sort of thing. Uh, How do I cost that up, David? If I find an opportunity for an investor, a nice big single let house with the right footprint and we want to turn it into a five bed for instance five bed hmo each of the five bedrooms has got an ensuite bathroom so everyone's got their own uh, little bathroom like a um so it'll be a, a bedroom with a you know, bedroom big enough to to live in i'll come back to that with its own uh, ensuite like a mini sort of travel lodge premier in type room you get the picture Uh, And then we have a shared kitchen facility big enough to accommodate five people in the house as well. How do I value it? How do I value it? Uh, So how can I um, explain to the investor what the numbers are going to be, how the project's going to roll, how can they get their money out? Will they get all their money out? Let me say at this point, no. Very important that you note that. But I'm going to come back to that, obviously. Uh, some years ago, five, six, seven, eight years ago, I saw these sort of projects where you could get all the money out. Um, you're not going to get the money out today. And uh, even if it's my belief, this is my belief, I believe that lenders in the market, even if the numbers are compelling and um, in principle you could see the possibility of getting all your investors' money out, I believe that the lenders will not allow it today. They will make the investors leave a certain amount of money in the building because it uh, spreads a risk. They don't want to take the risk. So I'm going to go through the process of taking a single let, buy to let house, family home and turning it into a five bed all en suite. And you can't see any of this. This is a podcast. This is audio. So I'm going to do my best, team. I'm going to make it as simple as possible. And there are three or four nuggets that you need to hang on to uh, while you listen to me so that you can do this exercise for your investors also. Okay, I'm going to preface anything that I say by emphasizing to you that I am not a property, I am not, forgive me, I'm not a finance broker. Um, I'm not giving financial advice. I am not telling you what lenders in the market are doing it today. What I am sharing with you is my experience as a deal sourcer, as a deal packager whose clients want to get into the HMO market, who undertake these projects, and then they, having purchased the house and done all the refurbishment with cash, they then want to draw some money back out again. And I'm going to share with you the processes that I have seen, that I have lived through, the feeling that I have, because what um, you need, you know, when you're having initial conversations with an investor is they need to know 
what the possibility is of them getting some money back out, what sort of investment is finally going to be left in the building, how's it going to roll. You've got to give them a guide, right? So this is a guide. It's a guide to you. It's a guide to any investors that I work with. I'm going to use really round numbers, pretty typical numbers in my business that I have seen. Uh, and I'm going to walk you through the process and you'll get an idea of the challenges. And of course, at the end of the day, uh, the advantages of pursuing this model for an investor. So let's say we've found a house. We've got investors waiting for this house because this house has got a great footprint. It's got big rooms. Uh, it works in terms of turning it into a five bed, all ensuite HMO with quite a big shared kitchen facility at the back on ground floor. So in my head team, what I have is a terraced property in the north of England, what's known as a lamb chop footprint. Okay, the, what's the lamb chop footprint, David? As you go in the front door, you have two separate reception rooms, a front room and a rear reception room, and then you walk through to a sort of kitchen extension at the rear, which is about half the size of the reception rooms. Okay, everyone with me on this. And then upstairs, you have a very similar area, a mirror, if you like, first floor over the ground floor. So if anyone, everyone's got a picture of you, if you picture that floor plan in your head, ground floor and first floor, it sort of look, looks a little bit like two lamb chops. Not any lamb chops that I've ever eaten, but kind of <laughs> two lamb chops. Okay, team, we can buy that house for £90,000. We're going to have to pay stamp duty on it. And when I say we, of course I mean the investor. I'm not putting any of my money into this. I am earning a fee, okay? £90,000 plus stamp duty, 2700 for the stamp. I'll, I'll do a summary of the numbers. I know that you're listening to this on the move, sitting in your car, maybe sitting at home, but don't worry, I'll, gu I'll guide you through the, through the numbers. So £92,700. We've got some legals and other costs of acquisition to deal with, another couple of grand there. Um, we're looking at a refurbishment a refurbishment of £60,000, I'm going to say in total, £60,000 in total, okay? Um, what else do we need to get it going? We need VAT. We've got to talk about VAT on the refurbishment. And this might be a useful tip for you, because maybe some of you don't know this. Uh, but if you are taking a single-let, buy-to-let house and you're turning it into an HMO, you are creating new, in inverted commas, new accommodation in accordance with VAT regulation 708. Now, there's a bit of bedtime reading for your VAT regu um, regulation 708. You want to look at clauses 7 and 8, 13, 14 from memory. What, what's it about, David? Okay, this is what it's about. If you go and buy something, what is the normal rate of VAT? If you go and buy it in a shop, 20%. We know that. At the current time, it is 20%. If you convert a single let property into a five bed all ensuite HMO, the correct VAT rate under VAT regulation 708 for the builder's stuff, everything that a builder would do. So I'm not talking about flooring. I'm not talking about um, anything to enhance the, the building after the builder has left, but all the really heavy lifting, plumbing, heating, all new kitchens, new bathroom, all the en suites, all of that stuff, 
Anything that a builder would do, the correct rate of VAT is only 5%. That's a significant saving. 15% saving on, uh, what have we got, a 60 gram refurb. So on the 60 gram refurb, we're only going to pay instead of 20%, which is, uh, is that 12 grand? We're only going to pay 3 grand, which is 5%. So, you know, is a, is a boon for your investor there. Does your investor know that? Did you know that? You know it now. You can guide your investor. Okay, so we've got acquisition at 90. We've got 60K refurb. We've got three grand VAT. 2,700 stamp duty. Legals, cost of acquisition, all of that stuff, two grand. Plus, I have penciled in a thousand pounds for an architect's drawing. You need an architect's drawing because you've got an instructor builder. A builder cannot work off the back of an envelope. If they do, it's recipe for disaster. So you want two drawings from an architect, hopefully. The first set of drawings is just an overview of the plan before and after with room sizes. Make sure the room sizes are right. Now, room sizes are starting to vary in the United Kingdom from local authority to local authority. Okay, so I am going to say for the model I'm creating here in the local authority area, I am working for these rooms to be straight and legal. They have to be a minimum of 10 square meters plus the ensuite, 10 square meters to live and sleep in uh, the bedroom, plus a couple of square meters for an ensuite. So they're relatively big rooms and that's the challenge deal, deal packages. You've got to go and find those rooms, right? Uh, so we need five rooms at 10 square meters plus the ensuite. That is your challenge. Go out and find them. In other local authority areas, you may find different room sizes. Speak, please speak to the local authority, speak to the HMO officer locally. They will guide you on minimum room sizes. Everyone with me so far? So if you add up the 90K, the 60K, the 3K VAT, the 2.7 stamp, £2,000 for legals and £1,000 for architects, Trust me on this team, we have spent, on behalf of the investor, £158,700. Done, dusted, ready to go, ready for the furniture to go in. Now, I work with cash-based investors. I work with cash-based investors because it makes this sort of project a lot easier if they go into the project with cash. We don't have to get involved with lenders and hybrid projects and lenders that will lend you some of the money, but not all of the money. And there's always a shortfall. And, but the, the advantage of that is an agreed valuation at the end. But in my experience, if you use those hybrid products, because your investor hasn't got all the cash, you actually finish up with a lower valuation at the end. So the best job you can do for the investor is to do this uh, job with cash. Really, really important that you know that. Cash is king, right? So we're 158,700 in. Now, the question that's going to be from my investor, David, can I get my 158,700 pound out again? The answer's no. Okay, that's not going to happen. Uh, how do I know? Well, I know how these things are calculated because I've seen them calculated. The mysteries of calculating the value of a House of multiple occupation on a yield-driven basis, yield being the rent roll, are many and varied, right? And you can get lost in, in all sorts of um, rabbit holes and, and mysteries and, and swamps and stuff like that. 
So I'm going to give you an overview of what I have seen. I am not giving financial advice. This is what I've seen. If you were my investor, PSP team, this is what I would be saying to you. Okay. What we need to do, Mr. Investor, is to see if we can get a commercial revaluation of the property when it is finished and ready to let. Okay. What's a commercial revaluation? Will a lender, a commercial lender, lend you money, value the property based on the income from the rent? That is our challenge. Uh, many lenders will. Lenders will. That's not going to be too difficult. It's working out exactly what they're going to lend before they make the offer. That is the difficulty. Because uh, we're working with an investor here. We cannot promise the final number that comes out, but they are going to want an indication. So I'm going to share with you what I see. You can take it and use it, but make sure you give the caveat at all times. It's what David has seen. This is not written in stone. Everyone with me. What I see with a commercial revaluation is that the lender will produce three different numbers, three different values for the same property in the same condition. Let me talk you to the, through the three. The top value generally will be a yield-driven valuation based on the rent roll. So let me talk you through that. If we've got five en-suites in the house now, each producing £100 a week, £500 a week, that is £26,000 a year. Now, immediately what the lender will do, will take that 26 grand and they'll take 20% off to cover management, voids, incidental repairs, shouldn't be many because this is like a new build house, right? Um, but your 20% comes off. That is sometimes what people forget or don't know. So they take the gross figure and use that figure to do the calculations. No, 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 no. Take 20% off. So what's, what does that mean, David, in the real world? Well, it means our 26 grand becomes 20,800. 20,800. At that point, the lender will apply a multiplier to, uh, assess, to, to reach a valuation from, for that house. Now, the multiplier, normally between 1 and 10, there are rare occasions where it's a little more than 10, if you're... Uh, You've got a very powerful position in London. And the multiplier is based on where in the country you are, what type of area you're in, what type of property values are, by, uh, are nearby. So, in and around London and South East, I've got friends who have got uh, many HMO projects in Brighton, for instance, the multiplier is 10. At the other end of the spectrum, I worked for many years in Oldham in Greater Manchester, the multiplier in Oldham was 7. Significantly different for the same rent roll, right? Um, we're working in and around Peterborough now, which is somewhere in between Oldham and Brighton. And we're getting multipliers of, depending on the valuer who comes out and what sort of day he's had, we hope for nine, we might get eight. Okay. So what do they do with um, the multiplier? They take the rent roll less 20%. You will recall that number was £20,800. And they will multiply it by the multiplier. Now, I'm going to take 10 as the multiplier in this case because it helps the arithmetic mentally and you're driving and I'm talking and you can't see a whiteboard or anything like that. So I'm going to try and make it easy for you. So £20,800 multiplied by 10 means that there is a yield commercial valuation of £208,000. 
that building that you bought for 90k that you spent money on that you spent a total of 158700 on a yield basis is now worth 208000 pounds so you've got an uplift in value hurrah value, um, investor very pleased right so the uplift in value but can you pull the whole lot out no you can't on a commercial loan generally you would only get 70% of that as a loan have to leave 30% in so 70% of 208 is £145,000 and £600. pounds. 145,600. Going to have to trust, trust me with it. When you get a chance to sit down and scribble out some notes later on, work through the numbers, I'll show you I got it right. So, top of the shop, we've got a yield-driven valuation of 208 that allows the investor to pull out 145,600. Okay. The second valuation that the same valuer will make is a bricks and mortar valuation. A bricks and mortar based on what the value of the house is now, not subject to any tenancies, just as the valuer sees it on the day. So it's a bit of a weird one, this, because what you've done is you take the family house and turned it into a five bed all en suite HMOs. There are very few family houses that have five uh, en suites, right? Um, so that's going to be difficult to value on a bricks and mortar basis, but they generally value it uh, based on the value of the house originally, plus any works that you've done. Now you won't get the whole amount. So I am, you know, just penciling in here. This is not written in stone. We've spent 158700 That's what the investor spent. So I'm going to say maybe on a good day, the value will value on a bricks and mortar basis at 150. 150. But no, we can't have the full 150. We can only have 70% of that. 70% of 150 is 105. Okay, so now we've got two drawdown figures. We've got the top figure, yield driven, that you can pull out on a 70% basis, 145,600. And we've got a bricks and mortar value where you can pull out at the end of the day, 105,000 pounds. There's 40 grand difference between those two numbers. I hope you're still with me, team. I'm trying to make this as simple as possible. But if you're going to source HMOs, you need to know this stuff. So stay with me. It will be fine. As if it wasn't complicated enough, you're not actually going to get any of those uh, numbers offered to your investor. The lender is going to come up with a third number. And the third number is usually between the yield-driven valuation, which is the top valuation, and the bricks and mortar, which is the lower valuation, i.e. the amount of money your investor will, can pull out will be between 145,600 and 105,000 uh, pounds. And it's a bit arbitrary, this, this number. What this number is, uh, according to the valuer, is a yield-driven valuation for the property, but assuming the property has vacant possession, which is bizarre, right? Because you only get a yield-driven valuation if you've got rent coming in, because that's what makes the yield. But what the value is saying is, we have to value it without rent coming in, because if your investor makes a mess of this and we have to repossess and send it to an auction with no tenants, we've got to know how much money we're gonna get back. So for the purposes of this, this uh, illustration for you, right, and this is not written in stone, okay, I've come up with a number between 145,600, which is the yield-driven amount that we could pull out, 
and 105,000, which is the bricks and mortar value that we can pull out. And I'm going to say 126,000 pounds. So that is right in the middle, okay, team? Uh, we're 20 grand more than the bricks and mortar, but we're 20 grand less than the yield-driven valuation. So let's say we get a mortgage offer from our commercial lender. Yes, 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 we've been through, we've looked at the house, it's a lovely house, and we've done our calculations, we've done our three valuations. We are prepared to lend your investor 126 grand. Okay, everyone with me. But they've spent... 158,700 setting the thing up. So they're going to have to leave in the deal 32,700 pounds. That's the amount of money they're going to have to leave in. And in my world team, that is a typical amount of money. Between 30 and 40 grand is the typical amount of money today that I see left in HMO deals. Uh, and to be honest, I don't think that's too bad. Why don't you think that's too bad, David? They're leaving like 30, 40 grand in. Okay, let me explain. Because we are building a, a, an HMO that is going to produce 100 pound per room per week, right? That is around, it's not quite two and a half grand a month, about two, four fifty a month, fully occupied. We're working on fully occupied because we're going to take the 20% off to, to cover any voids, right? Um, 2450, I'm going to pick a big round figure, a thousand pound a month to run that house. Might be more, might be less, okay? So at uh, 2450, uh, less a thousand pound, 1450 pounds net per month profit from that building, okay? That's 1450 pounds a month every single month for 12 months. That comes in around, and I'm doing it in my head, guys around 17 grand a year. That is the net return from that property. But we already know in this particular case that the investors had to leave 32,700 pounds in. So they've left 32 grand in, but it's producing net after all costs, 17 grand a year. So that is something over 50% return on their capital. If you divide the 17 grand a year net, by 32,700 left in. I haven't got a calculator in front of me, but it's something over 50%, which means that in two years, all the money has come back out and everything after two years, the profit is profit, okay? I think that's a really good deal for an investor. I can sell projects like this with around 50% return on the capital, I can, and you should be able to do it too. So I'm going to recap. I'm going to resume. I know this is complex. I know it's going to be a little bit foggy. I know you've only got audio because this is a podcast, but you need to know, and I know this as well, you need to know the numbers. Okay. So most important, number one, if you're going to do this calculation, make sure you get all the cost of purchases in, including the architect's figure, including the stamp duty, the number of times I've seen friends bring me deals, can you run through the numbers, leave off a stamp duty. I know you're just sitting there shaking your head. I get it. But I shake my head as well. They leave off a stamp duty. Make sure you get the correct VAT figure applied to the refurb. Okay? And then cash in, buy the house, get it refurbed, get it up and running. Commercial value comes in uh, to try and get as much money as we can out. I hear you. They're going to do three valuations. They're going to do a valuation based on yield, based on the income. 
They're going to do a second valuation based on the bricks and mortar value. And they're going to do a third valuation, which is somewhere in between. There is no control where in between. Might be nearer the bricks and mortar valuation if the lender's feeling a bit uh, defensive. If they think it's a really good deal, it might be nearer the yield-driven valuation. In this particular example that I gave you, and you can go back and listen to the numbers, the investor's going to leave £32,700 in, but the project is going to net them on the way to seventeen grand a year. Something just over 50% return on their capital. You can sell that team. If you find a house of the right footprint that can produce 50% return on capital, that can produce 40% return on capital, even 30%. So let me give you that number before I, I, I come to a close. If we're producing net 17 grand a year and you want a 30% return on capital, right, it means the investor can leave 51,000 pound in, three 17s, right, very roughly in my head, can leave 51 grand in and still get a 30% return on capital. At the moment, they've got their money in the bank, they're getting what? Nothing, no return. Plus, they've now got a bricks and mortar asset that's going to go up and serve them over time. Plus, after two years, all of the capital is going to be back out. So they're right back where they started. This is a fantastic opportunity for you, deal packages. It's a fantastic asset for the investor. You should look at this strategy very carefully. I am still doing these today in my deal packaging business. I hope this has helped. I hope the numbers weren't too mind-numbing if you're driving along or if you're sitting at work or whatever. Um, any queries on this, message me. I will try and help you. Go out there and find a lamb chop footprint house. Um, it serve your investor. It will serve you. You're going to sell all of them. It's going to be great. Thank you for listening. I am David Siegler. See you on the next episode.